This is Oscar. Introducing your hosts, Jenny Townsend and Natalie Tanchik. Hello and welcome to the first annual Oscar Bait podcast. Well, I mean, it's our fourth episode, but <laughs> it's our first year of doing it. So <laughs> just wanted to have like, you know, a fancy beginning. And today is a fancy episode, that's for sure, because what happened, Nat, what happened? On Thursday, the 16th of January. It was my friend's birthday. And they also announced <laughs> the Oscar nominations for 2014. Woo! This is what it's all about. This is what we live our lives for, our yeah. whole year. It's our favourite time of the year. So sit down, buckle up, because we're going to take you through all the categories, all the nominees, and break down what's happening. You want to hear some great news? Let's get started with Best Animated Feature. So, The Croods has been nominated along with Despicable Me 2, Frozen, Ernest and Celestine, and The Wind Rises. Now, we've got your, you've got your very basic, your DreamWorks nomination. Uh, Despicable Me 2 has got two Oscar nominations this year. <laughs> uh, Frozen is the Disney entry, of course, which is picking up a lot of love. And The Wind Rises, uh, which is Hayao Miyazaki's final film. Oof. I don't know anything about Ernest and Celestine. I, it's so the I, independent one. There's always yeah. going to be one really independent one, which is... From a foreign country. Like. Yeah, which is great because it's uh, it supports the sort of art of animation, which is, I think, one of the only categories where foreign movies have a very good chance of getting in there. Uh, interesting to note that for the first time maybe ever, Pixar has not copped an Oscar nomination, which is fair because you, you guys, you made Monsters University, so that's yeah. what you get. You know what? Good, good. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> I'm, I'm really hoping this one goes to Miyazaki. It can't not. Yeah. The reign of Pixar is gone and this is Miyazaki's last film. Like, there's no way. Despite the fact that Frozen comes from the production team of Tangled, which is great, and apparently Frozen is also incredible. I've not yet had the chance to see it myself. But it is, you know, it's one of those really classic kind of Disney films, which we all love and we grew up with. And it's been getting, you know, it's been getting a lot of love as well. So the battles between those two. I would be really, I would be shocked if The Wind Rises doesn't win. I, really, I will be very disappointed. I'm very shocked, especially because, I mean, Spirited Away, the last time Miyazaki won, I believe, was Spirited Away before Pixar really took off and, yeah. like, cemented that category. Um, so I think that, it, yeah, there's, it's only fair. They can't retro-award Miyazaki after this. Oh, I am ruined by whimsy. Well, we will get to the big categories in a second, but let's just sweep through some of the more technical ones. Makeup and hairstyling. Big snub there, apparently. <laughs> For American Hustle. I don't think that that's a snub at all because it's very obvious yeah, makeup and, and hairstyling. And, and very, yeah, it's very in your face. It's very cheesy. It's, it's yes, they look very, all the actors look very different and Christian Bale's fat and he has like awful, an awful <laughs> hairpiece. But, you know, it's obvious that it's kind of, Bad yeah. and tacky and cheesy. And yeah. I think that's kind of the point as well. Um, so I'm not surprised they didn't pick up a nomination. I would like to see Bad Grandpa win this one because <laughs> they turned Johnny Knoxville into an old, into a somewhat convincing old man. Yeah, he convinced people on the street for that. The other contenders are Dallas Buyers Club and The Lone Ranger. I don't think The Lone Ranger's got a chance, but good on it for trying. <laughs> yeah. Dallas Buyers Club, however, if 
the Academy wants to stick with their, like, hoity-toity, like, we're going to only reward good films, then it might win. But wouldn't it be great if Bad Grandpa won? <laughs> if Jackass won? Don't hurt me. Hurt Don't you. hurt me. I'm 86 years old. Don't hurt me. Swing it! to Best Achievement in Sound Mixing and Best Achievement in Sound Editing. Now, there's a a smattering of movies here. All is Lost, Captain Phillips, Gravity, The Hobbit, Inside Lowell Davis, The Lone Survivor. I think Captain Phillips, to be honest. I think so too. I mean, these two don't always go hand in hand. They're different technical skills. They sound the same. (laughs) They sound similar, but they're actually very different. Um, But I think Captain Phillips uh, will will do quite well here. Inside Lewin Davis, because it's, it's working with a lot yeah, of music. Um, and Gravity, of course, but I, I think that's kind of... Yeah, we could almost see, I think, Captain Phillips for editing and Gravity for mixing, because, yeah, it's... I mean, Captain Phillips was, is great editing all around. Speaking of editing, <laughs> film editing, we've got American Hustle, Captain Phillips, Dallas Buyers Club, Gravity, and 12 Years a Slave. I'm hoping it goes to Captain Phillips. It's all I'm going to say. It's, it's a really nice, tense, tight editing job that also doesn't take you away Agreed. from the film. It's, Agreed. The, I think we were talking about this earlier, but when you're going for a technical award or really any category, you want you don't want what was noticeable. You want what looks natural. That's for sure. And if you didn't notice the editing or the cinematography or the acting, then good. They did a good job. Then they did a good job. You're in the movie, you're immersed. Whereas acting can be a bit flashy and well. get away with it. So, I mean, really. If we move to some of the art categories, let's talk about production design. Again, we're saying the same movies over and over again. It's the way it goes. American Hustle, Gravity, The Great Gatsby, Her and 12 Years a Slave are up for it. This is a tricky category. I think so too. Production design involves... Basically everything to do with the look of a film that doesn't go with what an actor is wearing or how an actor looks. Yeah, it so creates it's set, the world. It's props. It's it's concept design. Yeah, it's the creation of the world you see in the film. Previous winners, of course, have been things like Avatar, which is like all about <laughs> world building. Um, but here we have four or oh, five very. Um, you know, based in the real world films. There's no fantasy film this year. You could, There's no Tim Burton, for example, you know. Yeah, you could argue The Great Gatsby is a fantasy film, I yeah. think. But, which has maybe a good um, a good chance. Yeah, I exactly. Um, American Hustle is very interesting because they've recreated the 70s, basically, but a very strange kind of glossy version of the 70s with science ovens and crazy hair. Um, 12 Years a Slave is, is a crowd... Well, it's going to be an Academy favourite. and For sure. Period pieces are also always an Academy favourite. Um, gravity, uh, it's, it's you design space. I find it so difficult to predict production design. I remember, <laughs> yeah. like, I remember being certain, like absolutely 100% certain that uh, Dreamgirls would take out costume design because it was like... It was, you know, like the the Supremes costumes and they were going through the ages. They went from the 50s to the 80s. Oh, my God, so amazing. And then in the end, uh, Marie Antoinette took it, which understandable not, surprising understandable <laughs> but it you know like i was like oh it's gonna happen for sure <laughs> yeah it, production design is really difficult and i think if it's not going to be um gatsby which is big and showy and beautiful <laughs> and, and classy and glossy i very much liked the production design of her um her is a film that tries to create a very near future uh, to the point where kind of everyone still is in hipster fashion. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you have to design 
you know, what's been designed in her is like a futuristic LA where they've kind of sorted out public transport and there are some more tall buildings. And oh it's, man, I want to live in this LA. And it's <laughs> and it is and and it's very subtle, but it still feels it feels like a believable future. And I think that's quite an achievement. But I I don't know if it's showy enough. I don't think I don't think believable futures get rewarded, <laughs> unfortunately, in production design. Because I remember thinking the same thing about Children of Men, being like, yeah, like this is like a perfect believable future. But uh, didn't not not even enough. <laughs> On to uh, best achievement in costume design. Yes, well, this is the same sort of you know crew. It's American Hustle, The Grandmaster, which I admit I don't know anything about. Uh, the Great Gatsby, The Invisible Woman, and Twelve Years a Slave. The the combination of Catherine Martin and her husband uh, Baz Luhrmann um, is has been a winning combination in the past for costume design. So I wouldn't be surprised if. She took it again. She's uh, she's won two Oscars in her time uh, for both for Moulin Rouge, uh, set decoration, art direction, and uh, costume design. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. And she she's always been gets nominated, nominated every time Baz has done a movie, basically. And The Great Gatsby is, I mean, if anything is good about The Great Gatsby, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's it's the way it looks. It's very pretty. Um, so hopefully, hopefully, going for a bit of an Aussie. That, that might a bit be, of Aussie rep there. Oh, we've got another Aussie in our, in our up our sleeves. We'll get to her later. <laughs> uh, you know, it's pretty obvious from all of Baz's films that as a director, he's a visualist. So he takes the picture plane pretty seriously as a storytelling device. All right, let's go to best achievement in cinematography. Look, I have to preempt this. I'll give you a quick rundown. The Grandmaster, Gravity, Inside Lowell and Davis, Nebraska and Prisoners. I feel so so smug about this lineup of nominations because I remember saying we didn't actually review prisoners on this show but I remember saying like the only like chance prisoners has of getting like a an Oscar nomination would be for cinematography because Roger Deakins did it and look who's here lo and behold prisoners who's prisoners. here <laughs> and and yeah it's good I haven't seen prisoners yet but it is Good to see it pick up something. Yeah, well, I was just, I remember watching it and going, like, this is really pretty cinematography. I wonder who did this. And then once I saw the name, I went, it's in. It's uh, going to get a shot. I'm going to say it, though. It's it's going to gravity. Yep, moving on. And the award for best visual effects is also going to go to gravity. Yep, it's going to go to gravity. This visual effects is kind of a sad category because it's the one that gives outside, outside movies a good chance. So it's the, the blockbuster category. It's the blockbuster category. We've got Gravity, The Hobbit, Iron Man Three, The Lone Ranger, and Star Trek Into Darkness. But Gravity's got it. If Gravity's going to win anything, it's going to be these two. So it's in the bag. Boom. <laughs> Moving on to best documentary feature, um, there has been there was a very interesting snob in this category. Ooh, a big snob. <sighs> Everyone thought that a film called Blackfish. I thought it was going to make was gonna it in. Was going to score a yeah. documentary nomination. I thought it, it it was even a possibility of winning. It's done by the same people that did The Cove, which mm. kind of swept the world a few years ago and, and won, won best in the end. Documentary. And so I sort of thought Blackfish was having the same sort of effect that The Cove did. A lot of word of mouth really spreading it and, like, people turning against SeaWorld at all corners of my life and then nothing, not even a nomination. Yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, the, the, nomina- the nominees that we do have are The Act of Killing, which is Joshua Oppenheimer's very strange film where he asks Indonesian um, people who were involved in Indonesian genocide to reenact 
they're killing in the the actual act of killing, um, which is fascinating as being getting accolades and I think is probably the front runner for this. Uh, you have Kitty and the Boxer, which is about uh, a pair of modern artists who are also lovers. You have Dirty Wars, which I actually don't really know anything about. <laughs> uh, the Square, which is all about protests in Egypt and the most recent protests in Egypt. Um, and 20 Feet from Stardom, which is all about the backup singer. I think 20 Feet from Stardom could be an outside chance like a dark horse it's the well it's the popular one really yeah it's got the names in it but the act of killing i think probably has it in the bag at this stage now that blackfish is out of the competition yeah i think the act of killing is probably one of the most uh interesting and like unique kind of films to come along in a really long time yeah and i think we need to reward documentaries that do sort of push the boundaries of what documentaries can be. She captured what it means to be a SeaWorld trainer, that it made me realize what happened to her really could have happened to anyone. I've been expecting somebody to be killed by a telecom. We weren't told much about it, other than it was trainer error. It didn't just happen. It's not a singular event. You have to go back to understand this. Now, there is also a documentary short subject and short film Animated and live action. Animated and live action. But unfortunately, we haven't seen any of these shorts yet, so we're going to hold off to talk about these and do a special in the future. In a later episode, so look out for that one. We'll take you through all of the short films. Uh, Now we're going to move on to music categories. So first up, we have Best Achievement in Music, Written for Motion Pictures, Original Score. You've got some really big names showing up in here. There's John Williams, Thomas Newman, Alexander Desplat for... You know, a range of really great films. I haven't heard too many of these scores yet. Um, you've got The Book Thief, Gravity, Her, Saving Mr. Banks with its one nomination, <laughs> and Philomena. Um, I loved Her and the um, score for Her. I think we need to point out that William Butler and Owen Pallett are the ones responsible for the score of Her, and that is Arcade Fire. Yeah. So wouldn't we love to see that? <laughs> that would be very cool to see them win. Um, and I also really liked the score for Gravity. I loved the score for Gravity. It was one of the one things that held up for me, I think. Yeah, and I think when you've got very little else, when it's such a minimalistic kind of film in terms of plot and, and you know, there's one actor mainly – it really relies on a score to tell the story and it really did that. It's such a oh, grating edge of your seat kind of score and it, it really achieves the effect that it's going for. I do think Stephen Price will probably take it. Gravity is the one of this list that really enhances the film. And now we move on to Best Achievement for Original Song. The really weird one here is Alone Yet Not Alone for the film Alone Yet Not Alone, which no one has heard of. <laughs> uh, I heard the song. It's utterly generic. It's just a very strange choice it is kind of the very odd one out of all of those because the rest of the songs are quite great uh, we've got happy for despicable me too which is pharrell's song happy which is a lot of fun we've oh got let goodness. it go for frozen which is your classic your classic disney kind of ballad mandela long walk to freedom has got a u2 song mm-hmm. and that took the golden globe and at the golden globes the edge said we we've known mandela for you know since he was you know since the 80s and he was doing this and we've basically been writing this song for 30 years so uh, it, it feels like a personal one to you two and you two haven't won something in a little while <laughs> so I, I feel like they're probably going to get it just for the heartstrings and Mandela this like last year I think that yeah I mean the other thing is Mandela Long Walk to Freedom um, which stars uh, Idris Elba 
that is a quiet snub. It's not really a snub because it hasn't gotten many, like, mm. much notice. But I think a lot of people are surprised that it hasn't. And especially now that Nelson Mandela's passed away, it's got to win something. It's not nominated for anything else, so... So I think it'll probably take that. And, of course, the final one is Karino's Moon Song for her, which is just, you know, very sweet and understated and is pretty much what everything in her is, sweet and understated, <laughs> which maybe wins Oscars and maybe doesn't. So it's going to be a really tough race, I think, for stones. We can fall any further if we can't feel ordinary love and we cannot have the award for best foreign language film of the year now i'm not too i'm not too behind the foreign language like i'm not too on the uptake with the foreign language films i'm not sure i haven't heard much about any of these actually uh but we have representatives from belgium cambodia denmark italy and palestine it's too bad australia not today (laughs) it's a shame uh we have the broken circle breakdown from belgium the missing picture from cambodia yagten from denmark the great beauty from italy and omar from palestine now this is an interesting category and we went into this in a previous episode about how basically a country can pick one film to nominate as it's like country's film um and it's interesting that blue is the warmest color was a great film that came out of France. And we've heard a lot about it. A lot about it. But France chose Renoir instead, and I think they've lost out because of that. Yeah, certainly. I think if they put forward Blue as the warmest colour, it might have picked up a nomination. This is a two-horse race, the Foreign Language Film Award. It's between um, The Hunt from Denmark, Jagten. Jagten. It's sort of a, a sleeper hit. It's been a quietly building and everyone who's seen it like absolutely loves it the problem is it's a danish film so people don't see them very often yeah but denmark are absolutely like fantastic filmmakers um and i but i think the great beauty might be the winner the one from italy it's a recent recent release so it's kind of quite late to the game but it's sweeping it's absolutely sweeping it won the golden globe so i wouldn't be surprised if the great beauty won it but i think i'd almost like to see the hunt win well, I'd like to see all of them, so I'm gonna get a, <laughs> I think I'm going to get around to doing that before I, uh, before I do my picks. Let's move on to screenplay, both original and best adapted screenplay. Uh, I think the screenplay nominations have pretty, are pretty on the mark. Um, I didn't think anyone's really been snubbed too badly here. Um, and it's good to see some different nominations pick up, or some, some different people sort of pick up nominations. Screenplay tends to be the one where... You know, if you made a really good film but you didn't fit into any other categories, they'll throw you a screenplay nomination um, because there's ten of them. <laughs> <laughs> so we have our best for Best Adapted Screenplay, we have Richard Linklater's Before Midnight, uh, Billy Ray with Captain Phillips, John Ridley with 12 Years a Slave, Terrence Winter with The Wolf of Wall Street and Steve Coogan and Jeff Pope with Philomena. Now these are all, I think, they're... All fantastically written movies. I don't yeah. know which one to really go with. Yeah, it's 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 kind of difficult. I haven't yet seen The Wolf of Wall Street, but I feel like it's going to be one of those very like fast talky, uh, witty kind of um, very clever sort of screenplays, and might be a very showy screenplay, mm. um, which could bring it across the line. Um, but you know, the Academy might love Twelve Years a Slave, and then of course you got Philomena, which is Steve Coogan, and I've got a feeling like you've seen that. 
Yeah. Um, you've seen that already. Well, I personally just am a little bit in love with Steve Coogan. <laughs> uh, so I would just love to see him win. But <laughs> that's basically, I just want to see him on stage. But um, I think, I mean, it, it it's one of those nice understated character um, movies that sort of, yeah, it lends itself to a, a writing nomination. Um, but then again, on the same token, and I don't think it has a chance of winning, but Before Midnight is the same thing where it's kind of, it screams well-written. I would love to see any of these win, actually. I, I'm not going to be upset. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> Whatever's so. Whatever's going to win. I think so as well. And when we get to Best Writing uh, Original Screenplay, it's it's very much the same, Similar, I think. Yeah. Um, the nominees are American Hustle, uh, Blue Jasmine, Her, Nebraska, and Dallas Buyers Club. And to be perfectly honest, I mean, I've seen three out of five of these now. And, I mean, the Academy loves Woody, so... They do love Woody. Of course, Blue Jasmine got uh, got thrown a nomination. <laughs> American Hustle is incredibly well written. It is very, you know, kind of funny and strange and quirky in a Russell style. Um, it's almost, though, like, I almost feel like the actors in American Hustle, like, were allowed to just run with it. Yeah. And so I feel like there's probably so much improvisation in that. And so could you argue that it's not actually worthy of winning, like, a the best uh, screenplay? Because really the actors are probably having a field day. I feel like that's what <laughs> O. Russell does is he just... He's just like, go, go have fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then they do. So, I mean, so yeah. It could be that. Uh, from what I've heard, Nebraska has an excellent screenplay and her is a really great example of good writing as well. So this one's going to be tough and I also don't really mind who wins. Yeah, I'd be, I reckon maybe it'd be nice to see her win, yeah. I think. I think it'd be nice to see have Spike Jones get something. The woman that I've been seeing, Samantha, she's an operating system. You're dating in a West? What is that like? <laughs> Let's move on to the acting nominations. Uh, now, I think these are all pretty easy, just given the um, track record of what we've been all of the winners building so up far. To, yeah. But let's start with actress in a supporting role. All right. So the actresses are nominated for supporting. We've got Sally Hawkins for Blue Jasmine, Julia Roberts for August Osage County, Lupita Nyong'o for Twelve Years a Slave, Jennifer Lawrence for American Hustle, and June Squibb for Nebraska. I think the internet's really happy, and like, well, the critic circle is very happy that Sally Hawkins picked up a nomination for Blue Jasmine because she was definitely the less showy foil to Kate Blanchett in Blue Jasmine. Definitely. She was the heart to Blue Jasmine. She was the Stella. Yeah, she was. Let's not talk about how Blue Stella. Jasmine is streetcar named Desire. Okay. Um, and she was quite excellent. Uh, but all the love is going to J-Law and Lupita Nyong'o. I, so I, I think it's I think it's down to those two. It's got to – you know what? I want Lupita to win because she seems like a gem – She's uh, she's Kenyan, which is cool. So it's, and, I'd love to see a, a, and I'd like to, a not American winning. <laughs> and I'd like the Academy to stop giving awards to J Law because she's J Law. I yeah. What is it? <laughs> what I mean, she, ugh, I, she's great, but what? <laughs> I I almost would would prefer her to win this award for this year than for her to have won for Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah, but she's she's lined up to win both. Yeah, like what? I don't understand exactly. I don't I don't want her to win, but I think mm. she might. Yeah, I think she might as well, but again it really depends where where the sweep happens, if a sweep's going to happen because That's I true. I think there's two ways this Oscars could go and it could be either American Hustle or 12 Years will sweep every category 
except for the technicals, obviously. Yeah, there's a linchpin or, there. Or it will be a very even spread and everyone will get a little bit of something. Now, like you said at the beginning of the show, American Hustle has been nominated in each... I mean, it is, it's an ensemble movie and it's been nominated in each option for the acting awards. 12 Years a Slave almost did that. It just uh, is missing out on an actress in a leading role. Mm. So, I mean... You know, it's it could, you're right, it could be, depending on how it sweeps, we it could, could see, it could be a sweep. I remember wanting to be an actor from around the age of like five, um, and because my family was really performative, we used to perform at family gatherings and stuff, but what actually did it for me was watching The Color Purple when I saw Whoopi Goldberg and she looked like me. And I was like, oh, I could do this. I could do this for a living. And that's when I feel that it, it really became a bug. Uh, let's move on to actor in a supporting role. And these, all the nominations are pretty much on par with what we've seen so far. Uh, Barkhard Abdi picking up a nomination for Captain Phillips in his first ever film role. I feel... Before this, he was a taxi driver in Missouri. How cool is that? I feel so <laughs> smug about this. I feel so... This is another one which one. I was like... This is what I reckon is going to happen, and it did. <laughs> I just feel so good when that happens. Uh, we've got Bradley Cooper for American Hustle, which is a excellent powerhouse performance. I mean, everyone thinks J. Law is the star of that movie, but I actually think Bradley did a much better job. Well, I mean, I would say Jeremy Renner, and I want to see Jeremy Renner <laughs> yeah. in, this, uh, in this supporting role category, but oh, well. whatever, he was a sweetie. Uh, Jonah Hill took what I would say was Daniel Brühl's spot. <laughs> <laughs> We're biased towards Formula One though, remember? Um, for The Wolf of Wall Street. And uh, like, I, I think the Academy just really wants Jonah Hill, like really wants to stamp out Jonah Hill's frat boy yeah. kind, of, kind of persona. Like they're like, look, he can play like a, a disgusting frat boy sidekick and a sweet nerdy Sidekick. Oh, that was him in Moneyball, but I think he's a bit of a, a another douchebag in Wolf of Wall Street, um, but a well-acted douchebag. Uh, we've got Michael Fassbender in his yes. first Oscar nomination. Hooray, Michael Fassbender. Happy uh, for for 12 Years a Slave, and hopefully it's the first of many uh, playing an evil, very, very evil <laughs> slave driver. Um, and Jared Leto for Dallas Buyers Club, where he plays a trans woman with HIV. Uh, it's going to go to Leto. You reckon? Because uh, he's picked up all of the ones previous to this. Yeah. Um, he picked up the Golden Globe and I think, and he hasn't been acting for, this is his first role in six years. And I think when you lose all of that weight and, you know, to play an HIV afflicted person and mm. also you're playing a trans woman, like this screams Oscar bait. It's, it's ticking all of the boxes. The only box it isn't ticking is white guilt. So yeah. <laughs> it's just HIV guilt this time. Yeah, so I think it's I think it's going to go to Leto. Um, but you know what? It's a nice lineup. Yeah, it's I a really strong lineup. I would have liked to have seen Daniel Brühl in there because I do love Daniel Brühl, but, I mean, other than that, I'm happy with it. You yeah. Know? Why are they trying to support Jonah Hill, though? I mean, it's like they're trying to encourage him to keep going. Keep making interesting movies, Jonah. Go on. <laughs> what do you do, bro? I'm a stockbroker. Make a lot of money? Yeah, I do all right for myself. You show me a pay stub and I quit my job right now and I work for you. Hey, listen, I quit. Uh, next up, best performance by an actress in a leading role. We have Amy Adams for American Hustle, uh, Kate Blanchett for Blue Jasmine, Sandra Bullock for Gravity, Judy Dench for Philomena, and Meryl Streep for Osage County. 
Now, Meryl is, and this is similar for Julia Roberts, actually. They're both just getting awards for being them who they are. <laughs> and also, August Osage County is like, I mean, it was a Tony Award winning play. It's like an acty movie. It's an acty, it's an acty thing. And, you know, and it's a, and it's a very big women's thing as well. So I think they're throwing it in because they feel like they're expected to throw them in. Uh, Meryl's a write-off. She's not going to get anything for that. I think it's going to be between Amy and Kate. This is, No, this is going to be our Aussie Pride category. Yeah. This is the one that's going to be on the cover of the Herald Sun <laughs> yeah. the oh, day Kate, after. What, another <laughs> It'll um, be Kate, I reckon. It's going to be Kate. She's won everything up to this point as well. Um, the acting ones are very clear because it has really been one actor dominating Mm. All of the pre-awards, the SAGs, the Golden Globes, um, the Critic Circle Awards have all been going basically to the same people um, and it's been Kate. Uh, Sandra did okay holding well, a movie by herself. Yeah, she held up a movie. But that's why she's been nominated. Yeah, she's, you know, <laughs> she's not admirable, very, like... <laughs> admirable effort, but I don't think, yeah, she's not doesn't deserve the, the yeah. actual award. And Amy Adams did a great job as a very subtle broken character like all of the um the characters in American Hustle but it's it's Kate's it's Kate's year um Judy Dench was phenomenal but she's not gonna win but no I know she's doesn't have a chance but filming she was fantastic wow. as Philomena I only want to know if he's all right what if he died in Vietnam or what if he was obese what well, makes you think he'd be obese because of the size of the portions now to best performance by an actor in a leading role and again it's been one actor dominating this category for the last few pre-awards. Uh, we have Christian Bale for American Hustle, Bruce Dern for Nebraska, Leonardo DiCaprio for The Wolf of Wall Street. Woo! Well, he got a nomination. <laughs> he got a nomination. Uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor for 12 Years a Slave and Matthew McConaughey for The Dallas Buyers Club. Uh, Leo took the Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Comedy. Mm. Good work. But I think it's going to go to McConaughey. Well, he took the Golden Globe for drama. He took the Golden Globe for drama. As you know, as the Academy Awards will go, they often lean towards drama over comedy. So, you know, just and I, I'm happy to see Matthew McConaughey win. I like yeah. Matthew McConaughey, and I think he's come very far in the past few years. He's so. he's come a really really long way, and I mean, he used to be the romantic comedy guy. And no one took him seriously. But now, like, he, this year he's done some really hard work. He came out with Mud. He's come out with this. Um, he's also in The Wolf of Wall Street, <laughs> funnily enough. Um, but he, but he's just really kind of tortured his body for Dallas Buyers Club. He's become a completely different person in Woodrow Wilson, who's a bit of a, um, a bit of a, like, a folk hero, really, as a, as a um, real-life man who started smuggling drug um, HIV drugs out of uh, Mexico to look after the people in his community. Um, and I think he's really going to pick up an award here. He's a great American actor. It's a great American story. <laughs> so, And, you know, they're going to do it. Um, but they're all really admirable performances. It's great to see Chiwetel Ejiofor as a um, yeah. great British actor who's been kicking around for such a long time. He has. Finally get some... Some, some recognition yeah. in Hollywood. Um, and it's great to see 12 Years a Slave, which is a really American story, just a whole British thing. It's British production team. <laughs> so British. British actors, uh, you know, British writers. So, it's yeah, it's really good to see. That's when I think American American stories are done best when they're not done by Americans. <laughs> no offense, America. Um, but, again, this is, this is where one of the major snubs was that I think uh, Tom Hanks. 
Yeah. He should have been in this category. Um, certainly, but I just don't know who you'd swap out. I would swap out Christian Bale. Probably, yeah. But yeah, I actually. mean But Christian Bale did a really good job at this um, yeah, he in American did. Hustle as well. He did, but I'm biased against him. They got good meds out of Mexico that's better than what you can get here in the States. Yes. Protein, totally non-toxic. And you can't buy this in the USA? Not approved. You could be making a fortune off of it. Well, let's move on to directing. Where We've got two categories left. The nominees are Alfonso Cuaron for Gravity, Steve McQueen for 12 Years a Slave, David O. Russell for American Hustle. <laughs> I'm going to love saying love that. <laughs> I'm going to love saying that the whole season. Uh, Martin Scorsese for The Wolf of Wall Street and Alexander Payne for Nebraska. Great, great lineup. You know, you've got two kind of veterans in there. You know, Alexander Payne being kind of the indie veteran and Scorsese, of course, is Scorsese. Scorsese. <laughs> um, but then we've got Quaran, McQueen and Russell, O. Russell, who have been vying for this for like quite a long time, have had a lot of really great, you know, a, real, a lot of really great films come out and haven't yet been recognised and all of them are pretty deserving yeah, winners, I would say. have been working towards this. Um, we think it's probably going to be Quaran. I, I think it's probably going to be Quaron. I'm not sold. But I'm not, but you can't be sure, basically. It, it could be. Quaron took the Golden Globe. It I'll is. Say that. That's true. And but he's he, also an international director. He did. It is. Um, Gravity is a good example of um, a, a great management piece. Like, as a director, it has a very distinct tone and style. And obviously, it was such a big sort of idea and story that that's like almost what he should be rewarded for mm. but I I don't know I mean he did win the Golden Globe but looking at the list it I think it almost depends on that linchpin mm. on like who sweeps, who sweeps the acting awards um whether it could go to, to David O. Russell or Steve McQueen um I think Nebraska is just getting a lot of kind of pats on the back I don't think it's really, <laughs> I don't think it's really going to take many awards it's not got a chance I don't think but. no um and Scorsese like is also like let's I mean Scorsese is a legend let's throw him an award but I think it's going to go to Quaron McQueen or or Russell yeah for sure I think I mean like the academy doesn't like to give Scorsese awards they like to nominate him yeah he's only one for the departed and I think that I mean it's it's the same thing that's going to work against Leonardo DiCaprio it's like we love you you're really great you're a legend but, like, we're going to give it to this new kid instead. So I think that, yeah, I don't think he's going to win. Look out for Scorsese and DiCaprio's Lifetime Achievement Awards because that's, <laughs> that that's how they're going to get they're going to get their big Oscars. <laughs> Let's go to the big one. There are nine pictures nominated for Best Motion Picture of the Year, uh, and it's all the big ones we've been talking about so far. We've got American Hustle, Captain Phillips, Dallas Buyers Club, Gravity, Her, Nebraska, Philomena, 12 Years a Slave, and The Wolf of Wall Street. What a hard list. Yeah, well, we've said these names over and over again, haven't we? And and again, I think it's, I think it's down to whatever really sweeps, but it's going to be out of American Hustle, Gravity, or 12 Years a Slave. Yeah, for sure. I mean... Her and Philomena are the, and Nebraska for that matter, are, are the, the lovely indie darlings. Indie darlings that have done very well and gotten a lot of attention, but those indie darlings never really get further than this. Then This is like as as good as they can get is a nomination for Best Picture. Unless you crash. Let's not talk about crash. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I think I think it's um it's not a year for the indie darlings. It's going to be one of these really well, one of just, those three really big films. They're so strong. The three main contenders. I they're mean, also so different. Yeah, they're all different um, kinds of Oscar bait. Like the gravity is the the sort of like technical cinema, like wow factor mm. Oscar kind of movie, and then Twelve Years a slave, slave is the white guilt factor. White guilt that always comes piece. in. Yeah, the American story, and then American Hustle has that that sort of like. It's um, the quirky indie that's still a big movie. Yeah, and it's just run wild sort of thing. Yeah, and it's an ensemble piece, and it's great actors. They love a good ensemble acting piece. So it's a really tough one to call, and I think we'll be making our calls a bit later when we've finally seen everything. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, and thanks for joining us on our Oscar nominations wrap. We're going to be keeping on going with all of these over the next few weeks, right up until the Oscars, which are at the start of March. And we'll be taking you through some of the short films, uh, some spotlights on some of the categories, um, other categories, and uh, a few more reviews of the best motion picture nominees uh if you want to catch us in the meantime you can subscribe to us on stitcher we're also on soundcloud soundcloud.com forward slash oscar dash bait and you can catch us on facebook facebook.com forward slash oscar bait podcast and you can email us if you've got any issues if you want to see us um, talk about something in particular hit us up oscar bait podcast at gmail.com if you want us to do a jennifer lawrence special (laughs) (laughs) looking at her back catalog we won't do it but maybe we should Maybe we should. We might get the interest of Tumblr that way. (laughs) We'll catch you guys next week. Until next time. May the awards be ever in your (laughs) favour.